Welcome to Lit with Kelly and Jacqueline, the podcast. If you're one of the people who have stopped by our blog at litwithkellyandjacqueline.com, thanks for reading and for finding us here. If this is the first time you've heard of us, we're glad you found the podcast. I'm Kelly. And I'm Jacqueline. And we're back here in the book cave for our ninth episode. Um, And today we're discussing These Ghosts Are Family by Maisie Card. Yes, this, um, I, I was misled not intentionally. I don't think they misled me. But when we chose this book um, and I was looking at it, this was not the story I thought we were getting. Well, no, I when I was reading the inside flop, that's not what I thought we were getting either. No. So this there's a lot of story happening, listeners. There's a lot, <laughs> there's a lot going on in this book. So rather than try to summarize on my own, which is going to just take way too long, I'm going to read for you the introduction to the book um, from the Simon & Schuster Reader's Group Guide, because they do a pretty good job of summarizing. And it says... Uh, Stanford Solomon has a shocking 30-year-old secret, and it's about to change the lives of everyone around him. Stanford Solomon is actually Abel Paisley, a man who faked his own death and stole the identity of his best friend. And now, nearing the end of his life, Stanford is about to meet his firstborn daughter, Irene, a home health aide who has unwittingly shown up for her first day of work to tend to the father she thought was dead. Okay. So... So we, I knew it was a book about someone who faked his own death, and I knew it was about the consequences for his family. But I think when I read the description or when I read the reviews of this book earlier before we started reading it, I guess I thought they were in the loop. <laughs> they were definitely not in the loop. No. I, I'm not sure anybody was in the loop in this book. Just him. Uh, just him. Well, and his second wife knew, right? The one. Did she? I think so. Yeah. I don't know if I ever got that impression. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, well, we'll have to go find that. Yeah, I yeah. think she did know, but huh. it doesn't matter. No. So, but to um, to toast our ninth episode and to get into the right frame of mind to talk <laughs> right. about it, uh, we're going to, we're as you know, we always choose a cocktail that sort of meshes with our reading choice. And because this book is set... Not primarily, but quite a bit is set in Jamaica. Family is from Jamaica. Right. We chose a Jamaican rum punch today. Yum. And um, I'm going to give credit to the recipe developer at recipesfromapantry.com for her take on Jamaican rum punch. Um, This has orange juice, pineapple juice, lime juice, grenadine, and today it's coconut rum. Mm. Because... They suggested dark rum. Oh <laughs> no! You know no 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 dark rum. But they, she also offered some variations. So she uses white a lot of the time, but also said adding the coconut gives it a little bit more of a a Caribbean feel. It so has a coconutty smell. Yes, and it's very pretty. It's, it's a, very it's pretty. It's a shade of coral. It's icy cold. Yes. So cheers, Kelly. Cheers. Oh, Ooh, oh. I like this. <laughs> That's very tasty. It's very good. Mm-hmm. Um, I did have to do a little mathing while I was making this because <laughs> she offers the recipe for a whole pitcher. <laughs> I oh. did not make us a whole pitcher of no. this. So I cut it by three quarters. So uh, the recipe or the uh, measurements may be a little off, but oh, that's worked good. out okay. So, uh, mm-hmm. And it's uh, like a weirdly nice day here today. It is. So this is, it suits the day. This would be a little weirder maybe if it was snowing or right. a typical gross November day. this is definitely day. a beach drink, right? Yeah, it definitely is. Definitely. Yes. But, uh, 
And white rum would be okay. Dark rum would be okay. But I think the coconut just adds that little Caribbean feel. Tropical flair. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yep. yep. Big fan. Okay. All right. Nice work. Recipes from a pantry.com. We mm-hmm. like your drink. Mm-hmm. So. All right. So what are you reading? Before we get into the. Right. S- the spoilers. Yes. What am I reading now? What are you reading? So my book club is finally getting around to Atonement by Ian McEwan. This is a reread for me, but it's been a long time since I read this one and I did like it the first time through. So I'm excited to revisit that. Um. As an aside, that book was one of those books where when I started it, I had gotten like a lot of recommendations to read it a long time ago. And I picked it up and I was reading, reading, reading. And I just thought, oh, my God, if this book does not get better by page 100, I'm out. And then like around 75. <laughs> it got, <laughs> it got really, really good. good. It had 25 and, more pages. <laughs> and I was re- I was so glad that I finished it because it turned out to be excellent. But that was that's one of the ones I always give as an example to people who are like I don't I don't like this book and I don't really want to finish it. So I always give 100 pages as a cutoff, right? Like cuz number one, don't finish a book you're not enjoying. Well, that's just it. That's There's too many other good books out there. Ugh. Don't and, waste your time. And every book is not for every person. Right. So that doesn't matter. Right. But 100 pages is usually what I give a book. And so that and that book was a prime example of why. Because I was I was so close to quitting and I'm so glad I didn't. Um, I'm reading our episode 10 choice. Oh, yes. Which we'll talk about later. And um, I just got Vanessa Yu's Magical Paris Tea Shop. Yes. So my third book right now is Vanessa Yu's Magical Paris Tea Shop. And that's a bit of a rom-com, so because between our episode 10 choice, which is true crime, right. and atonement, <laughs> I'm working in something a little fluffier. So uh, that's where I'm at. How about you? Uh, okay, so I started A Weekend at the Shore by Barbara Delinsky. It's an author I've never read before. And I actually like it, though mm-hmm. I'm. it's going to be one of those books I'm going to have to return before I finish it, and it's probably got 7,000 holds on it. So it'll it be- new? Yes. Okay. Well, new in the summer because it was one of those beach reads, summer reads type of thing, and I okay. just got it now. Um, it'll be like that Mary Kay Andrews one that <laughs> I've never finished, <laughs> and I'll have to go back and read. But um, and then um, I'm also reading the episode ten book, and I am also reading, and I never said that, but I was just talking to Jacqueline about it. But it was one of those advanced readers copies I got for free and you only get them for so long you only only get them for like 60 or 90 days I'm oh okay pretty sure it's gonna like go away pretty soon if oh. i don't finish it okay um and it's called how not to flirt but i don't remember the author so that's kind of one of those fluffy type reads because you need those in there every now and then yeah <laughs> <laughs> agreed yeah so yes. okay all right all right, so that's what we're reading now. Um, if you have not read these ghosts or family by Maisie Card, or if you, um, if you are gonna read it, stop now. Mm-hmm. Come back and listen to us after you finished it. If you don't care if we spoil it for you, keep going because now, spoiler alerts! Yay! <laughs> so, okay, all right. So I just want to talk about the narration. Because the narration was the same type of narration, like... 28 Summer? Yes, it was that, yes. Okay. So, na- <laughs> yeah. No, the narration, you remember how that, like you were included in the story? Mm-hmm. This was the same type of narr- narration. Yeah. So I thought about that. And then um, also, I found it very difficult to understand 
the Jamaican speak. Okay. You know what I'm... Yep. Just... And I had to actually look up... They used fee or fi, F-I, mm-hmm. a lot, right? And I actually had to look that up to see, like, are they... Because to me, I would always substitute two and four in there. Okay. Right? Okay. Because that's what yes. would make sense to me. And yep. so when I looked it up, it is... I mean, okay. it meant two. So okay. I, I was like, okay, so now um, I get it. Yeah. Some of the language... I'm, I believe... In the interview with the author that I read. Isn't it Patois or something like that? Yes. And and she intentionally did that. Yes. Um, because she was trying to get to the roots of this family. Right. But there was a there was a very intentional decision to include it. So her answer to the question was, you know, was it an intentional choice? Um, and Maisie Card responds, it felt natural to write in Patois. I was raised hearing it. And even though I no longer speak it fluently myself, it's still how my family speaks to me when we talk. And I can't imagine writing a book about Jamaican people without having them speak in Patois. But I did realize as I wrote it that I was looking at it from my own class position, which was a perspective I don't think she was anticipating. So, right, right. So, yeah, that was uh, and um, I do find that. That I mean, obviously, it slows you down because you really have it, oh, to think yes. about what you know what Absolutely. it is you're reading. Right. But um, but for me, sometimes that's an okay thing because I tend to, I tend to speed read past stuff. Oh, I do. If I don't know a word, I just mm-hmm. over, I get what it means in the sentence. Yep. In the context. Yeah, but I don't need to say it <laughs> so, or like whatever. You're right. So sometimes it's okay if it's it kind of slows me down to really examine what it is I'm reading. But um. But yeah, she did make a, a very personal choice to include it. So. Yeah, so that was a little difficult. And the yeah. other thing that I found uh, difficult about this book is that I had to now. Okay, so you read, you had the ebook, right? Mm-hmm. So in the beginning of this book, there was a uh, a family tree. Did you get? Yes, this? there was in the okay. ebook as well. I constantly had to go back and look at the family tree to see where these people fell because mm-hmm. pretty much each segment of the book was one of the family members. Right. And so, okay, so, you know, uh, where's Louise in it? You know, and because it started out with Abel, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes. Yep. And then and then it would just, every section of the book was a different character. It went how they all played into each other, and I had to go back constantly to look at um, the family tree to see where they were. Yeah, and I don't... I'm not normally bothered by the differences between an ebook and a print book. Like if I want to read it, I'm going to read it how I can get it. But this was one of those times where I was sorry that I didn't have the print book so that I could do that very thing. Right. Because going back to the beginning of an ebook is impossible. Why? Well, exactly. <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah. No. So, I mean, probably not impossible, but it wasn't right. something I was going to take the time to do. So, right. um, yeah. So that was for me, that was something that I was like, oh, it would be so easy just to go back to that first page. Yeah. But because no. I think I would have been lost if I didn't have that family tree there to go back to constantly. Yeah, there was there were a few times where I really had to think about whose perspective I was reading mm-hmm. and it would have been a lot faster to be able to reference that. So, yeah. yeah, that is So, if you're debating whether or not to pick up the ebook or the print, I would we would recommend the print this time because yes. it's that's a Yeah. It's it's like um Game of Thrones, right? Like right. I always felt like I needed need a, a <laughs> like a chart to keep track of everyone. Right. This wasn't to that extent, but there were a lot of branches Yes. That needed to be yes. tracked. Yeah. And, you, there, and there was no timeline. Like, you didn't just follow. No. It was like, well. This book you, was backwards. Pretty much. Yeah. But we even went, then, randomness thrown yep. in there, you know. We went back in time 
pretty often. Yeah. I mean, and the spoiler alert, the end of the book is the beginning of the story, right? right. I mean, right. There's, it's a very folkloric ending, right. but it right. gets really into the roots of this family. Yes. So. Which surprised us. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of things like, not. there was a lot of things in this book that I found difficult. One is following who the people were and mm-hmm. having to go back. The, the dialect in how to read that. And then just because I'm not that familiar with Jamaican culture. Nope. Like, what's a Rastafarian? Rastafarian. Okay. You know, so I had to go look that up. Mm-hmm. And um, there was a lot of things like that. And then there was one, like, the class of Jamaicans. So, you know, every culture has their different class levels. Mm-hmm. And there was one reference in here... Um, between the character Bernard and Irene and Vincent. Mm-hmm. And there was a reference like if what it was uh, because Vincent and Irene, which were Abel's children, right. um, Bernard used to take care of them because he was the mo- their mother Vera's houseboy, whatever you want to call him. Right. Right. Helped out on the homestead, whatever yeah, one right. to say. So. Vera wasn't that great of a mother. No. And so... <laughs> no, she was so, not. <laughs> and so Vincent and Irene were kind of left, and Bernard took care of them. But there mm-hmm. was this hatred. Uh, Vincent and Irene did not like Bernard. No. And so, but there was one thing that uh, Irene said, I think it was, if people like him would have stayed in their place, then we could have stayed too. So I don't know what the class, like, because it seemed to me that their class was pretty poor, too. Well, okay. So that could be what she was referencing. But also, Bernard was having an affair with their mother. Oh, absolutely. Right? And and I, I think that Bernard and Vera, who was the mother, just stuck their heads in the sand and pretended the kids didn't know that. Yes. And the kids absolutely knew that. Right. Right? Right. And so... They didn't. You talk about Vincent and Irene and Bernard not liking each other, and I think part of part it was, of that, that, was that, that Bernard really thought that Vera was going to take care of him. Oh, absolutely. After she died, yes. And when she didn't, and he kind of lost, he kind of lost it. Um, I'm. I wonder if it had to do more with, like, you should have just stayed, like, out of this personal relationship with her. Oh, okay. But maybe not. I don't know. It's. It was a very convoluted relationship because he had spent like his entirety of his young adult life right. with her doing all the things. Right. <laughs> well, right. I mean, and I mean, he protected uh, he protected Irene from being beaten, not from being exercised, though. No, that was a weird <laughs> that scene. Was, there's a lot of weird stuff yeah. in this book. I'm telling they, you. Uh, and, you know, it, I hesitate to say, I mean, don't not read it because, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a good book. It's just like some things, man, you're like, wow. Yeah, they were, it was, there were a lot of surprise twists. Not even surprise twists, but just for off the wall. Things. Yeah, well, right. Like, like the exorcism. Yep. And Vincent coming to remember why he was so upset about that exorcism, but not till years later when he's right. in New York and he runs into the person who was performing the exorcism right. and remembers what he saw afterward. And yes, like, yes, just random. Yeah, they there was a lot of 
delayed memory recollection in this <laughs> right. book. Uh, so the, to me, the book was about choices. Okay. I mean, that's a very fair if summation. I had, if I had to take a theme, if I had to do a theme, it would be choices. Okay. Um, I feel that everybody just made bad choices all around. <laughs> well, and it's it's amazing how this choice that Abel Paisley made in a split second. Yes. Because the so so what you need to know about how Abel faked his own death is that he and his friend Stanford were working on a ship and there was a container that fell or something, right? And it crushed Stanford, but the captain mixed them up and let Abel's family know that Abel had died and Abel just in this in that second assumed Stanford's identity. Right. Because he didn't have a family. He didn't have a wife. Right. He didn't have relatives. So it was easy for him to do. But then down these family tree trunks. Right. Right. <laughs> or leads right. or whatever you want to call them. It, it had farther reaching consequences, I think, than he had anticipated in that moment because he was in this unhappy marriage with Vera at the time. And I think he I do think that he thought by doing that he was doing everybody a favor. favor. Yes. But then not at all. And, you know, the funny thing about that is like such a monumental decision like that Mm -hmm. and uh, the consequences that it had. And I'm not saying that she should have the author should have like expanded on that decision but literally, it was like two sentences, maybe a paragraph, and boom, you're off. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's such, it's so much part of the story, and the story wouldn't have been in, you know, written, or the characters wouldn't have gone their paths that they have done. But it was just such a tiny little blip in the book. Mm-hmm. And then it's 269 more pages <laughs> right. of, right. of what happened right. because of it. Yeah. But it was just like... So little time given to that decision in the writing process, mm-hmm. other than the consequences down the way. Do you think that's reflective of the time he spent mulling over that decision? Oh, like proportionately, right, right. So I guess she she nailed it, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so just let me tell you my choices. My choices. Yeah. So Vera makes the choice to have an affair with a married man twice, right? When yes. she meets Abel, she's in an affair with a married man. Yes, and that's because how they meet. meet. Yes. Yep. You know what I and I wrote this down because I thought this is a really weird way to put it. So Vera calls herself when she's in that first relationship with a married man mm-hmm. before she meets, you know, before her and Abel are married, she calls herself the outside woman of a man twenty years her senior. The outside woman? The outside woman. Yeah. And it took me a minute to get what she meant by that. I'm like, oh, you're having you're the you're the third party. A, yeah, you're mm-hmm. having an affair. So I thought that was interesting. So Vera's choice, she has the affair, which gets her able because um, the the man she's having an affair with was married and he was abusive and whatever. So a- Abel saves her. and But then when she marries Abel, she has an affair with the neighbor. Yeah. Right? So yep. choices, choices. Like you don't learn. <laughs> I don't know. And then... Um, Abel, of course, his choice to abandon his family in Jamaica mm-hmm. by faking his death. And, you know, Bernard, for all his, like, expectation of Vera to take care of him, it was his choice to stay. Right. You know, so you were 
it was your choice to stay. Why would you expect anything more from whoever? I, I you know. Yeah. And he was in that scene, in that section of the book, not just the scene, but in that portion of the book, he is on the edge of oh, sanity absolutely. at oh, that moment yes. because he's. I mean, he's turning her room upside down and he's looking for secret wills and documents and something that's going to say, yep, none of you knew this, but we were in love and I want him to have everything like that. I think that's what he was looking for. Oh, absolutely. He was looking for validation, right? Of their affair or their years of whatever. And ultimately, I mean, it doesn't work. It doesn't work out for him in that manner. Well, no. And, you know, the first clue would be after how many years? I don't know. Twenty. It was a long time because I think he was a teenager when he started there. You know, she never brought him in the house. Wouldn't that be? Never <laughs> brought him in her room. Well, right. 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 The, yeah. There was. And so because when after she passed and he was there like waiting for the family to get there or whatever, that's when he goes like sneaking in. Sure. That in this sanctuary right. of hers is where this where he's letter never is been. Right. All this time they've, you know, had sex or whatever. It's always been out in the barn or outside. Right. In other rooms of the house. Also, but never her room. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I'm sure I'm sure he was important to her, but I think that he was inflating what that meant to her. Right. But there was a lot in here that I wish I'd had a little bit more time to get into, because I think this is a really as as with a lot of fiction, there's there's so many little kernels of truth in here that would be really interesting to delve into. And I might still do that later. But like you, I wasn't that familiar with Jamaica outside of, like, tourism. Right. Right? <laughs> Caribbean um, island with sun, right. rum punch. Yeah, right. <laughs> as, <laughs> as life keeps clink. <laughs> right. Um, so I think that I appreciate that Maisie Card has sort of peaked that for me. Like, this is, it's not a, it's not a topic I've really examined. And I think this was a good introduction and a way to, yeah, to get people interested in the history of Jamaica. But in any case, I am glad that we read it, if only because I did learn a little bit and I'd like to learn a little bit more about the things right. that I read. Because there's a lot of layers in here that I think, I mean, deeper layers um, and the his, the historical, you know, the uh, Jamaican plantations with the slaves and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Now, that that part I found, I really liked that part when they were back in history and told. I didn't like so much the current story. Okay. As much as when they were in New York and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. but I liked the historical aspect of the slaves, especially the uh, between Haroldtown. Right? Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. So his real daughter and the the slave daughter, technically, you know, the daughter of the slave. Oh, right. Florence's daughter, right? Yes, Louise. Yeah. Louisa? Louise. Louise. Yes. Yes. Until they find out that Louise is not white, though she can pass as white, but she her mother was a slave, right? Mm-hmm. This is back in 1800, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then all of a sudden she's property. Because if you read at the very end, mm-hmm. like, you know, she became back property even though she was freed. Like, no one knew she was living free. And then all of a sudden she came back property as this Herald's property. Again. Right. Well, because she had never officially Sleep been. And- Exactly. Paperwork had never been signed and whatever. Yeah. So that was that part was fascinating to me. And then, well, the ending. (laughs) Oh, well, let me let's (laughs) let's finish up the the, the storyline about this. So, okay, so right, so you're talking about Louise Paisley, and you're talking about um, Peter Gay. Yes. Right. That Mm -hmm. okay. So, and this remarkably strange 
relationship and adventure they have with hiding this fugitive so, and right. who we're, we're led to believe is Louise's father, right? Right. Okay. Well, because and, it was one of two people. Right. It was either Harold. Right. Or, or yeah. And so going back to this particular storyline, we're, we're led to this in the book because one of Abel Paisley's descendants comes into possession of a journal, right? Right. And it tracks the history of who in their family was owned by the families in Jamaica and how they were traded and sold between plantation owners. And the daughter who is receiving this journal, she's so upset by it, by their contribution to this in history. And when she wades into that river starts and ripping starts the, ripping those pages letting out. the pages float away... And, and she's going, you know, this is exactly what I need to do. I'm just like, I'm washing, I'm li- like literally washing, washing herself away. clean of it. But Wait, washing away the sin, right? But I, I don't know how it works. But right. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I thought, you know, she it's just occurring to me right now as we're having this conversation that it's a, it's kind of another exorcism. Right. Oh, like she's, absolutely. She's exercising herself by getting rid of these pages. And then interestingly, she winds up marrying Vincent. Vincent. Yeah. Wait, so it couldn't have been a descendant of Harold who got the journal. Uh, no, she was a descendant of Florence, I thought. No, no, no. Yeah, she was a descendant of Harold. Okay. Oh, yes, because the other guy was Paisley. Yeah. Okay, yeah. All right, so <laughs> there's a lot of characters in this book, guys. There's so many. And um, and so I just thought it was really interesting that she thought, okay, I'm, I'm so upset by this and I don't, this is how we're going to make it better i'm just gonna throw these pages in the river and be done with it i just that was a right like it's gonna make it go it was another interesting choice right exactly exactly (laughs) and the historian from the college yeah yeah don't do that right like no 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 so all right so let's go to the ending because you and i both this was another time i texted kelly and i was like i've got about 60 pages to go in this book and she's like oh just wait and then things got super weird okay um Super weird. Yeah. So there's one brief mention when Bernard is going through. So Bernard, Vera's funeral and all that kind of stuff. Right. And there's these three little girls sitting on the couch and no one's paying attention to them and all this kind of stuff. And um, so and that's what you get. And, you know, Bernard is going crazy, whatever. And so at the end of at the end of the funeral, whatever, Bernard is still upset. And so. It talks about that Bernard takes the three little girls away. They walk away. And some woman comes, starts screaming that my child is gone, whatever. And that's and that's it. You know, like, you're like, oh, okay. And then it goes into the next segment, right? Yeah. And then you get to the very end. And the three little girls. The three little girls are some version of spirits. Vampires. Oh, you got vampire. Okay. <laughs> oh my god, you and your vampire. No, you Dude. and your vampire. <laughs> okay, what? What? Who drinks blood? Vampires. Well, vampires. Okay, I get. Fine. <laughs> Fine. Maybe they're that vampires. Is so funny. <laughs> um. Yeah. Well, yes, they are because they started eating. They started needing human blood. Okay. Or animal blood, I or just, whatever yeah. kind of blood. They okay. Stay. It's th- why are they vampires? Where did that come from? I, you know, it, it's another one of those things where if I had had time, I would have looked up a little bit more. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm is, gonna go back. Is there some folklore that that this stems from? from? Right. Or is this is this family lore? Is does Maisie Card know this story from somewhere else? 
I don't know. Because well, I'd like little, to ask her so about this. So the three little girls are like, so you're back, you're at, at the end of the book and the three little girls are wandering in the woods and they're hungry, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so they come up on this other girl who, yep. who helps them and feeds them. But it's a chicken. It's a live chicken. Yeah. That they bite the head well, off I think of. she's going to cook it, but she doesn't she, get that far, right? right? She, yeah. <laughs> she, yeah. So this other girl, because she's a young girl too, is going to cook the chicken, but mm-hmm. doesn't get that far. No. Some one of the little girls just takes the chicken, bites its head off, and then now all of a sudden they need blood. And they never go after that girl. No. They only go after other people. <laughs> yeah. And and Nor- <laughs> the girl is Norma, right? Is that her yes, name? Yes. Okay. So so now that I understand the importance of invitations to vampires, <laughs> because I have to tell you, Kelly, that you are not the only person who has said to me, wait, you didn't know you had to invite vampires into your house? <laughs> I didn't know that. So never invite anyone in your house so, unless you're sure they're so not a vampire. Norma must not have. She was going to feed them, but she didn't bring them in. Right. right? Okay. Yes. And because she made that first offering, is that why they left her alone? I don't know. Because they would and always then, go back to her to help. And then why did this investigator or whoever feel it necessary to, like, unearth them? Oh, right. I mean, I get it because he was basically like, you're all you're all out of your minds. These, these tiny girls aren't monsters. But they, they really ultimately are. were or, monsters. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so... So we went from a faked death to the consequences of that action for three families, basically, to the history of the family and what it meant for them to be slaves and then freed. And then the relationships with the abandoned family members, with new family members, and then to vampires. Right. (laughs) In this book. And yet... I would still tell you that I liked it. <laughs> no, I did like it. it was, I did it. It was like all it. over the place, but I did like reading it. And I, it's not something, if I was browsing the, the new fiction shelf, mm-hmm. like I do, I would never have picked it up to read it. No. Now, even if I would have opened up the front cover, I'm like, eh, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So I can't remember which like 2020 list I found this book on, but I'm glad that they listed it because... I think this is her first attempt at a novel. She's a librarian. Yes, she is a librarian. <laughs> she is a librarian. Um, and I, I did find it very interesting, but it, it is a little all over the place. And so if you're expecting a book where it's going to have a nice, tidy ending that lives completely in realistic fiction, don't expect that here. No. I felt it was all over the place, and it was, but I felt that it all tied in together except for the last part about the three little girls and so, that that was just bizarre yep but it was I'll, I'll be curious to see if in if her writing stays like in that direction you know does it always is it always fiction with a with i mean realistic fiction with a little supernatural right the supernatural the right word well vampires are supernatural okay so yeah <laughs> if is that how they're classified if, they're, if the little girls are vampires which <laughs> Well, I'm sorry. I mean, I'm going to just trust I your... I suppose it could be zombies. I, I, I'm going to trust your expert opinion on vampire stuff, because I still don't know all the rules. But anyway. Oh, we're going to have to teach you that. So, so right. these ghosts are family. I'm giving, it a, I'm giving it a thumbs up and a recommendation, but just know that the description of the book does not give you a full picture 
of no, the adventure on which you're about to embark. Yeah, not at all. Not at all. So. All right. Okay. All right. So, so for episode 10, you guys, we have we have a special treat. We do. It's, it's very kind of exciting. exciting. I said very exciting. <laughs> oh, did I say kind of exciting? Sorry. Yes, it's very exciting. It's very exciting. Yes. Um, so first we'll tell you, we have decided to read um, a book called Hell's Princess. And it's a true crime book about a, a female serial killer in the early 1900s. And the special treat is that for an episode 10 milestone celebration, we're, at, we're going to have a special guest podcaster with us. Mm-hmm. Who are we inviting, Kelly? So we are inviting our friend and colleague, Jen Hassel. Who is also a public librarian, yes. who also specializes in book discussion groups. <laughs> she does. And who likes books about true crime yes <laughs> so does. it worked out yes. so we'll be welcoming jen to the to episode 10 next time we are here with you and um we'll be discussing hell's princess and i feel already like we're gonna have a lot to talk about because oh yeah this is um it's a pretty grisly story yes <laughs> and i'm excited to get further into the book so but for today is that it? I think I we're I think we're done. Okay. So we'll see you back here in a couple of weeks for episode 10 Hell's Princess with our friend Jen and our drink of choice. I'm not sure what we're going to drink that Ooh. goes along with serial killers, but we'll figure something out. <laughs> right, right, we always right. do. So until then, you guys check us out at litwithkellyandjacqueline.com for new content a couple of times a week. Yep. You can also find us on Facebook at litwithkellyandjacqueline and um I hope you enjoy whatever it is you're reading now, and we will see... Well, no, we won't see you, but we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. (laughs) Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.